Hi, welcome to episode 13 of Meet the Marketplace. Today we're in Zurich and uh, we're here because we are attending an event and Nicola Kalan is the speaker at the event and he's talking about his new book which is called Hedge and which addresses the topic of the greater safety net for the entrepreneurial age. So I'm here with uh, Nicola and we're going to be shortly joined by Garrett Cassidy, who is CEO of Trezio, um, and we'll let Garrett talk about Trezio and and how they fit into the picture of of creating a new safety net for the entrepreneurial age. But anyway, let's let's kick off. Uh, Nicola, can you maybe start off by telling us um, what you do, what the family is, and then um, and then maybe as a follow up, how you know um, you went from running a very successful business, the family, to writing a book about creating a new safety net. Sure. So uh, the family is five years old. Uh, we founded the family five years ago with uh, two friends uh, because we thought that Europe couldn't afford to lag behind in the global digital economy anymore. And so we ha all had uh, various experiences in the, in the startup scene in Paris. And we had realized that it was, uh, in many cases, too hard to build great startups because uh, French entrepreneurs encounter too many obstacles on the way, uh, including regulatory obstacles when, it, when they're trying to enter regulated industries. And so we decided to found the family as a, an accelerator and investment firm to try and support entrepreneur in the entrepreneurs in the very specific European context of uh, with, uh, where it's harder to raise funds from VC firms, uh, you encounter many regulatory obstacles again, uh, once again, and um, uh, access to talent is complicated and the fragmentation of uh, the European market is a nightmare for entrepreneurs trying to expand their operations at the continental level. And so we decided to that cash was important for entrepreneurs, but we should also provide them with uh, many other things uh, other than cash which was useful, which would be useful for them to succeed at the early stage. And so we've been building uh, this infrastructure that is entirely designed to help entrepreneurs, European entrepreneurs at the early stage, starting in Paris, then expanding to the entire uh, country of France, um, trying to attract entrepreneurs that were not necessarily in Paris. And then we've been expanding in Europe for two years. We have an office in London where I live. We have an office in Berlin. And those three offices are integrated and um, in this uh, infrastructure designed to support entrepreneurs. Just before, in fact, just before we get to the question of um, why you wrote Hedge, I, um, I think it's, it's probably worth you um, telling our listeners that you, you used to be a civil servant, right? You used yes. to work for the government. And I think, it, it's, I think you've, told, you've said before that part of your motivation for starting the family was that you believe that you can do greater good through um, through creating and helping startups than you could um, by holding office or working for the government. So is it, if, if you wouldn't mind maybe just uh, elaborating sure. on that. So um, before joining the startup world, so I had a brief experience as an entrepreneur then co-founded the family and wrote uh, a few things on, on the digital economy uh, many years ago. Uh, but before that, I worked in the French Ministry of Finance. Um, at, a, at, at quite a senior position as part of a grand corps known as the Inspection des Finances, where 
the most ambitious civil servants uh, go to start their career. And uh, like many people... These are, these are like tax collectors, are they, in the, in the... No, it's more like your your own consulting firm, in-house right. consulting firm for ministers. So whenever there's a... Uh, there's a complicated policy matter and the ordinary civil servants are too busy uh, ah, by... Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like an elite yes, so, uh, section of the civil service. So, so you ask Inspector de Finance to write a report on that complicated Cause, cause, matter. Because I, I didn't... I'm pleased to ask this question now because when mm. I... Inspector de Finance sounds like, you know, some sort of... Like no, no, the, those are the very yeah. slight nuances yeah. uh, in the French context. So okay. Inspector de Finance is... It's really policy experts working okay. very hard during very brief periods of time to dig uh, deep into a particular subject and 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 come up with, uh, so, so, with so, concrete. So it's fair to say that you were in the field of government yes. where you you could affect the most change. Well, yes, you 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 were very confronted. By, in, in any case, it, it was quite a senior position on stress, on, on policy matters that were quite important and strategic from a French government perspective. And so it, it usually attracts people who really want to make a difference. We, you have the impression when you're joining that world that you're in position to, to have an impact and to, 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 to inspire certain directions in terms of policy. And what you realize working for the French government as well as any government in the world, I think, is that it's very hard to move forward uh, you encounter a lot of resistance from the in, from the inside, from the outside. Uh, there's a lot of rigidity. The uh, the fiscal situation is very dire, and so you, you don't have a lot of um, resources to, to to make things happen. Uh, plus, uh, politicians are under very short-term pressure uh, with uh, elections, uh, polls, uh, etc. So so it's very difficult to achieve anything, and so a lot of people come up disillusioned about the whole thing and s some stay and try harder others leave to join the private sector and make money and what I realized at the time uh, looking at the startup world because I had to work on that for for the ministry uh, I realized that that's where the action is happening this is where people are actually changing things and coming up with solutions to critical problems and the, the reason they're managing to do, to do that whereas the government is completely incapable of doing it is because they're harnessing the power of technology and so, so I realized that something was, was going on and decided to try and join, join that world first as an entrepreneur and now as a family. Okay and then um, is it fair to say that so on the one hand you think that you can achieve more um, by creating companies than you can through government action. So that's yeah. on the one side. On the other side, um, clearly um, the world has changed a lot. Yeah. And um, I think we've been, we've, we know that in the developed world, inequality has been rising and now we're starting to see political manifestations of that. Yeah. And is that is that the reason why you've now written this book, which now addresses, I suppose, the intersection of, of politics and business mm. and um, and society. So yes, the, so a lot of people are worried considering the current situation. You see populism rising yeah. in many different countries, many different contexts. Uh, you see that populism is rooted in, in actual phenomenons like inequalities rising, uh, economic insecurity, people losing their jobs. Uh, and so, and the reaction 
uh, in that context is to to embrace populist ideas and to to tr to try and go back into the past. And um, so it's very we're entering a very dangerous zone in which we can really miss the mark and renounce technological progress and and renounce supporting uh, entrepreneurs when uh, as they're trying to build great companies and so i think that the us are past that because they've already they already have the great companies the large tech companies such as google or amazon but but i think europe is still lagging behind we don't have uh, the equivalent of Google or Amazon here in Europe. And so we have to work twice as hard on building those, com those companies and, and our entrepreneurs cannot afford to, to encounter too many obstacles on the way. And so we, so this is why as the family, as an investment firm, we've been investing a lot in policy because we think that the best way to counter those obstacles, to overcome them, is to, is, is to strike back with policy arguments. Yeah. And so we've been doing that because it was easy for us, considering my background. And the book has been written because I think there's, among the many different topics in the field of policy, there's one that's, that really matters, which is the safety net, providing economic security to, to citizens and workers, um, because it really addresses the, 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 uh, the concerns of, of, of those people. They, they, they want good jobs, they want high wages, they want economic security and kind of, uh, they want to be covered in case of problems. Uh, and so, so what they demand is that, a better safety net. And the one we inherit from the past doesn't work. And so I think it's a good thing for startups to enter that conversation around reinventing the safety net. It's, a, it's the best way, according to me, to address the politicians' concerns when it comes to, start, when it comes to startups. And... Um, so there's a phenomenon you talk about in your book a lot, which is um, essentially, essentially the move from sort of supply-side economies of scale to demand-side economies of scale. We're, we're networked. What matters now is, is, is um, activating your customers to become uh, you know, a key component of your product. And if you can do that, then you can, then you can trigger demand-side economies of scale, network effects, and so on. But clearly one side effect of network effects is it leads to much, much uh, bigger companies. And um, so, so what we see is, you know, this is, I guess there's a simple argument, which is the, the modern digital world is leading to, 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 um, to a, a rising phenomena, rising phenomena of, of massive scale monopoly type companies, new monopolies, digital monopolies. And, um, and one argument would be that we need to regulate those companies, we need to, um, you know, restrict them. But, but I guess, in your view, the, um, the, these companies as an engine of, of, of value creation um, outweighs um, the, you know, the, the is, is, is such that it outweighs any issues of, of monopoly power, right? And, um, and so what you're arguing is the, the, you can't turn back the clock, you can't go back to, no. to, to industrial age companies. So we have to live within this new paradigm, and this new paradigm needs to be harnessed to create wealth, and it needs, and that wealth needs to be shared um, more uh, equitably. Mm. And and in your book, you talk about the three uh, constituent parts of the of the um, of the safety net and how we rebuild them. Could would you be able to just uh, talk talk about that for a second today? Yes, sure. So 
I think that the two game changers from a technological point of view are computing and networks. And an economy driven by computing and networks, as we now realize, is an economy in which power and wealth are more concentrated. Um, an economy uh, where there is widespread instability because networks, uh, through networks, users come and go. And, that, uh, and, and it's not because of you, a large company, that you're a strong company. You can collapse in an instant yep. if your users are not sat satisfied with the experience uh, you're providing them with. And, um, and, and so with instability, uh, plus there's also another thing, which is that the consumers are more powerful than ever because they're equipped with computing and they're connected to one to another through networks. And so they're exerting that constant pressure on the corporate world to lower the prices and to improve the quality of the products. And so, it's, so workers have a very hard time in that world because they, they have to, to renounce uh, uh, good jobs so yeah. as to satisfy those ever uh, more demanding consumers. And so considering all that, we, we, we need to realize that the, the old safety net doesn't work anymore. It was designed for people working in factories in the car manufacturing industry. With very settled jobs. And, yes, yeah. very so you had life. a job yeah. for life. Uh, it was, in the same uh, your job was yeah. very routine with very clear times and conditions, strong unions and so on. And so, so it used to work for that world, but the new world driven by computing and networks is very different. And so we have to reinvent the safety net to, to fit that new paradigm. And, and it starts with understanding the paradigm. And then uh, uh, it goes on with building the pillars of the new safety net, which I think are, are um, of, of I think there are three pillars that we need. Uh, they, they used to exist in the past and they need to be rebuilt to match the new paradigm, to fit the new paradigm. So one is covering people against risks uh, because with the new paradigm come uh, new risks yep. that we need to learn to cover, uh, especially instability. Uh, and uh, then you need a new financial system because people need to access capital and they need to access financial services that are adequate, uh, that, that, that are in line with what the economy is about. And the economy is very different from what it was when we invented the, the current financial system, uh, and especially consumer finance. And third, people need organizations to defend their interests. And so we used to have the old industrial unions that worked quite well for decades, but now they it doesn't work anymore because they're irrelevant when it comes to the new paradigm. They, they don't really represent the new workers well. And so we need to invent a new kind of unions to, so as to make sure that those workers have their voice heard and can actually bargain with those who have the most power, that is corporations, but I think also consumers in general. Perfect. So um, um, we're just going to um, introduce now Garrett Cassidy, who's, who's sitting with us here uh, in, on, on this terrace, uh, enjoying a beer. And um, so Garrett runs a company called Trezio, and um, Trezio is um, it's uh, it's on the Temenos Marketplace, and it's um, it's also an award-winning company. It just won a, a, an award um, from MIT, and um, 
I think it's, it's very, very relevant to this conversation because what Trezio is trying to do is provide a set of financial services that are very relevant to our new lifestyles. They're, they're molded around these, the idea of, 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 to use your phrase, of, of hunters, not settlers, people who regularly change jobs, who have um, less financial stability. So, Garrett, would you, would you just quickly just tell us um, what Trezio does and how it helps uh, freelance workers? Yeah, so I mean, I just would just pick one point up first is obviously one of the other things that's happening on the back of this network and, and computing is it's opening up the whole independent work and kind of what we what we call in many economies self-employment to a much wider range of people outside of traditional traditional areas and making much easier for more people to engage in those types of work and gain the benefit of the flexibility obviously there are some safety nets uh, that need that need to be protected from but it brings a fundamentally different need of financial services that the um, you know in you know that the the current infrastructure, the current products were built on the assumption of a paycheck, on the assumption of a regular income, on the assumption of an employer. And, you know, now we have more and more people, you know, empowered to actually work independently through platforms, through technology, and they're gaining from flexibility and being able to, you know, set their own work, set their own hours, but they're really struggling with the uncertainty of how much they earn, in terms of you know busy weeks, uh, quiet weeks, the lack of a safety net, both both from a traditional social safety net, if we thought of it, but also the financial financial industry just doesn't know how to deal with these people. So what we're what we're focused on is really trying to build the foundations and build from there a set of financial products that help these people actually survive and have the stability. And we're starting with a really a financial stability and security prop. Um, product to help people deal with uncertain income, help them get a consistent kind of paycheck so that they can actually take that first step of that safety net of, of having more confidence around their finances and then really understanding this new world of ver- of kind of, you know, variable work, variable on demand work, different, you know, multiple sources of income at the same time and much more kind of transit transitory nature but people fundamentally are still want to work and want to work hard and and helping them then access the financial products that you know they were designed for the industrial age of of kind of manufacturing but they're still important we need to you know then start thinking about how how do these people have the right you know health insurance disability insurance the right pension the right private pension coverage because we know the state pension is only part of the solution and importantly helping them then access the credit the consumer finance which is so important to the flywheel of the economy where the vast bulk of these people are just completely excluded and are left to effectively the vultures of unapproved overdrafts payday loans because they've no other option because the traditional system just doesn't understand how to how to underwrite their risk because they're not an employee they don't have a paycheck and we don't know where your money comes from. So it's, it's kind of really just trying to help so, help build that foundation so we can kind of rebuild that kind of infrastructure around financial services. And um, just being practical, for, um, what, what, what exactly does Trezio offer? I mean, I, yep. I, I, I guess it's the, the range of services is yep. evolving quickly, but right now, how do you, how do you provide that stability so, so, in a practical sense? So right now, we have, the, the service provides three fundamental things. 
One is what we call, and it's your an income smoothing solution. What that really means in simple in simple terms is help you know really helping using data and you know and the kind of computing to understand people's income understand how they're paid understand what the sustainable nature of that is to help them then actually stabilize that into a regular paycheck through a combination of savings and lending um, the other one is dealing with the real problem which is whether you're employed or self-employed of emergencies people don't have a rainy day fund they don't have an emergency fund and therefore giving them access to the their their money in a lot of cases to actually deal with unexpected expenses but also to give them the upside of the flexibility if they do decide to take on more work over a short period of time because they've got something coming they can actually extract that and then the third piece is a very simple automated savings feature to start people on the ability to put money aside but but also fundamentally it's a the whole solution is an account based solution where income flows through so it's not a not to replace a bank account but it's it, its concept is then to turn over time into a, like a flexible benefit account where the self-employed as they add new products and features they get an employee like experience where it's coming from their income they're not worrying about being another bill that it, that to to self-employed people benefits are like bills rather than like a benefit so it's it's so that's that's kind of what we do and and what we also do in terms of the, the other thing we're doing differently to make sure that our interests are aligned with our customers is a subscription service so you know it's it's subscription driven so it's predictable on cost yeah. as well I like, yeah. and, and, and therefore for this initial product while there's lending in it it's really about aligning interests and improving their stability so that they can then start engage so they can start engaging with the other products that they need in the kind of overall financial safety net um how do people find out more about Trezio? so either either banks that might want to partner with you or or platforms might want to offer your service so banks if they're Temenos banks obviously we're on the marketplace so they can go there they can go to our website uh, trezio.com they can reach out directly to me on LinkedIn or Twitter um, very happy to talk to people this is a this is an emerging area nobody has all the answers here and we're working with a lot of a lot of people in the financial industry across a lot of government policy makers around some of this and also um, a lot of the effectively the the new world employers like the, the the platforms who actually these these people work for you know to actually try and help identify exactly how is how do we best solve this problem so we're you know we've we've, we've put in place this kind of almost foundational product which will evolve over the over the coming period and then we over, over the near term we're then going to start working with other parts of the financial industry to work out how do we add on those other products how do we design them for this type of worker okay so you're also looking one. for not just banks but partner services uh, yeah. platform companies that might exactly. you want to offer the service to the customer. precisely perfect okay um this is always the case with this podcast which is we, we never have enough time and um and we don't have enough time today because we've got to go and uh to the event and nicola has to present um the book to um to, to the audience here in zurich so i think probably um what we should do is first of all nicola if you, if you could because this is part of a european tour to yes. uh, promote the book so if you could just let our listeners know uh, which other cities you're going to and when and then um i guess you're doing the tour because you're trying to build some sort of consensus galvanize some action mm -hmm. so could could you tell us you know what what you would like to be the end result, the outcome of, of having written the book. I mean, I guess you're encouraged to hear there are startups like Trezio moving into the area and starting to offer the, the kinds of services that you um, advocate in your book. But um, 
you know what, what what else would you like to see you know in terms of a growing movement around around this so um so sorry there was a lot in there so yeah if you could start with where, where you're headed on this tour and then um and then uh, what, sure, what you'd like so to achieve my it's a book that's been written for for the global tech community and every policymaker interested in tech or confront, confronted with tech and so potentially it's of interest for many people all around the world so i'm I'm starting in Europe because I think Europe is much more welcoming for the idea that we should build that kind of safety net for workers. Uh, so I'm in Switzerland uh, now. I'd be, so I do uh, various talks in the three cities where the families are as offices, like Which London, Berlin, Berlin and okay. Paris. Uh, I'll be in Copenhagen, Denmark uh, mid-October. I'll be in Berlin early in October. Um, then I'll, um, I'll travel, I spend a, a week in the US, in the Bay Area, to try to, to inspire uh, our American friends uh, on those ideas. Uh, which, is, which, is, which is interesting, because I, I mean, you, you made this point to us earlier when, when we were chatting, which is the, the US you know, is in a completely different category to Europe when it comes to tech companies. But um, the US, for the, I guess for the first time ever, has started to question entrepreneurship and yes. and and the and just the tacit mm. um or, or the or assumption that tech always creates good mm. and so this so your so so your view is that this is a timely intervention into the american yes, debate well, as well but maybe for the, the first time ever right? they're really feeling the heat they're they're, they're undergoing uh, the, the the tech backlash so yeah. they're suddenly realizing that many people don't see tech as a force for good but yeah. as a a force of destruction and so they're, they're they're looking for answers and they come up with uh, simple answers like we should implement universal basic yeah. income or we should implement a job guarantee and so if, on if i could pause Which, one second there sure. have you if if, if if you're interested in this subject of universal uh, basic income you should you should check out nicola uh, essay called uh, enough of this in um, Basic income bullshit, right? Yes, Which is um, no, I mean it's uh, it's it's what is a wonderful essay because it it talks so much about the safety net. Uh, and it's a it's a very good co uh, read, a compliment to the book, I would say. Anyway, I didn't but, mean to interrupt. But, no, but I I think that uh, Silicon Valley as an ecosystem came up with this uh, rallied around this idea of a universal basic income because they were rushed and pressured yeah. to come up with solutions, but because they're quite ignorant of history and they don't have as long a social history as us here in Europe, uh, they're, they're excel at innovating, not knowing history. That's, yeah. And that's a, a strength in many ways. But when it, com when it comes to the time when you need to enter a global conversation about how to provide economic security to, uh, for workers and for the many as opposed to the few, uh, they, they don't really have the solutions. And so we need um, the tech community collectively need to, to 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 do the hard work of revisiting history, realizing how hard it is to build the right institutions to to provide economic security uh, to, to the many. And Silicon Valley, because it's so important in the global digital economy, must be a participant in that effort. And so th this is why the book has been written in part to be read by an American audience with a lot of Americans, American references, uh, historical references, 
because we really need them to be part of that conversation. Otherwise, we'll be stuck among Europeans without large tech companies to make the case that, yes, we're pro-technology, but we're also pro-economic security. So, so, so your number one aim is to, is to get the tech community to engage in this debate? Yes. But, but also to inspire companies like Tregio to, to... Well, yes, because I think that uh, the answers won't come from the state. The state is too large, it's too rigid, it's too heavy, it's too captured by uh, special interests. And so we need entrepreneurs like, uh, like Garrett who spot a problem somehow linked to economic security and the safety net and, to, and who come up with an entrepreneurial solution to that problem, harnessing the power of technology. Uh, it won't solve the problem at a very large scale because at a large scale you encounter too too much diversity and, and very different needs uh, depending on uh, the economic uh, uh, economic geography or industry or companies but we need th those many entrepreneurial experiments on the ground so that we have a clearer view of what's going on what what exactly are the problems what kind of solution can can we come up with using technology and then maybe the state will have to play a role to help those entrepreneurs scale their solutions up to to the scale of the entire industries or nations so i think uh, we need to 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 invite the the tech community into that conversation conversation for two reasons first because it's good for them in terms of public relations. Yep. They need to be seen as engaged in that conversation as opposed to entrenched in their own bubble. And also because they have a lot, uh, 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 they have a large part of the solution to that to that very complicated problem that is reinventing a safety net. Uh, because entrepreneurs, it's it's what they do. It's what they excel at spotting problems, understanding those problems uh, in many dimensions, and then uh, using technology to try to solve those problems in an unprecedented way. And so, so we need everyone on board. Uh, we need everyone in Europe, hence the, the, the need to visit various cities and to talk to many uh, different audiences. We need the Americans. Maybe we need people in other parts of the world. I don't know. And, and but I think it's worth the investment, spending time uh, talking about that, uh, trying to inspire people with the idea that yes, we have to do that, and yes, we have uh, the means and the resources to 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 come up with solutions. Unfortunately, because there's there's so much in the book, um, and this 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 could easily be a you know three-hour conversation. Because um, you also address how um, automation won't lead to a jobless future and how we can create prosperity even with greater automation. And so you deal with a lot of burning, important topics in the book, but alas, we have run out of time. So, um, how do so? If, so hopefully, many people will come to to see you speak uh, in these various cities, and um, and how can people find out more about the book? Well, there's. You can find it on Amazon, so every Amazon website uh, provides uh, the information about the book and, and you can purchase it. Uh, there's a dedicated website called Hedge the Book in one word, dot com, so it's quite easy to find. And um, you can follow me on Twitter and I share quite a lot of 
uh, ongoing uh, things around the book, so either yeah, and the policy uh, debate too, and policy so, yeah. debates, or you can uh, follow the family because we think that it's part of our mission as a platform for entrepreneurs to invest a lot in policy discussions and to be present. Okay. Great. Well, um, Nicola, thank you for coming to Zurich and coming to Switzerland to speak to um, the tech audience here. Uh, Garrett, thank you also for making the trip over from... So, Garrett, the company's based in the UK, but Garrett lives in Dublin, so thank you for making your, the way over from Dublin. Um, I hope it's going to be a great event tonight, and um, thank you for everybody who's listened. Thank you.